For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Good morning and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We'll start off with you, Randy. Belated happy birthday. How you doing? I'm doing well, Jeff. How about you? I am doing well, thank you. And Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for asking. Always glad to hear that. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too, here in the greater Springfield area. We've got another good show lined up for you. We appreciate you joining us every week here on KNST. And as I said, some good things to talk about on today's show. Let's start off with current events a little bit, gentlemen. I understand that inflation is settling, but the soothsayers, suspiciously, I understand, were not only just close, but they were dead-on accurate with how things are today. Does that make you a little suspicious, or does it just just, you know, seem that they know what they're doing. So for the most part, especially over the last two years, when they put these estimates out of CPI, so CPI is the consumer price index. It's basically what we pay for things, and it's a good measure of inflation. That's that's why they put that number out as far as whether things are, whether inflation's running high or low or somewhere in between. And so usually they get these estimates put out, and the estimates are a conglomeration of several different people, different uh, firms estimating what they thought it might be and that kind of thing. And usually they're somewhat close, but they're, you know, over the last two years, they've been way off several times. Well, this time last week, they were exactly on all four counts, uh, exactly on the estimates. So there's good predicting and then there's hitting the Powerball. And I don't know, (laughs) it does seem a little bit suspicious, but it's possible that they just finally figured it out and got it right. But I, I agree with you, Jeff. It seems a little bit suspicious. So where does inflation stand right now as we speak at the recording of this program? So inflation is moderating a little bit. Uh, I believe the headline number of inflation was 6.5% on a year-over-year basis. So it's important when when we hear these numbers to understand that we don't take the Joe Biden side of of how inflation is communicated to the public because what he says is well if if it's not a greater percentage year over year meaning mm-hmm. uh, like this reading was 0.1% less than it was a year over year last time right then that means that prices are coming down according to Joe Biden which is not what that means what it means is it's going up by 0.1% less than it was last year, which means it's still running very hot and we still have some work to do to bring it down. And so it's important to put these things in perspective though, because the market is looking for any kind of break and tends to rally on any of the, the news where inflation is coming down. And a lot of that's due to what it, what implications it has for the Fed. If inflation is coming down, that means they may be about to stop raising interest rates. Personally, I think they have a little ways to go, but that's what all the fuss is about in the news. Now, I understand that they're looking to raise interest rates or they're looking to do something in February. What is your prognostication or what do you feel that interest rate hike is going to be? 
So I think on the 1st of February, they will probably raise by another 25 basis points uh, or a quarter of 1%. The part, though, that everybody's really going to be watching is what does the terminal rate look like? And we've been talking about that on the show for the last two or three months now, meaning what is the highest that it's going to go? It's less about what it is right now, but what is the highest that we're going to send it? So right now it's four and a quarter. So it'll be probably four and a half on the first. And the market has priced in that 4.75 is the high. Yet 15 of the 17 Fed members think it will go over the 5% mark and stay there for quite a while. So there's this disconnect between what the Fed is saying and what the market is pricing in. And so eventually one of those will be wrong and come back to the other, which presents danger and or opportunity depending on which side of the fence you're on. So again, nobody really knows what's going to happen here, but I promise you that every word that Jerome Powell speaks will be listened to uh, very intently. Well, at the beginning of the year, I mean, we were saying that the worst is not over with. I mean, we knew that there was some pain to come here. What is your feeling? I mean, have we reached the bottom yet and we're uh, on the other side or do we have a lot more pain to come, do you think? So I think that, again, we've talked about on the show a couple times where there's one of two scenarios going to play out. Either we're going to kill inflation this time and, you know, have some pain and then get better. Or we could potentially kick the can six months, maybe even 12 months. But then inflation is going to come roaring back with a vengeance if, they, if we don't kill it this time. And so in the first scenario, what would likely happen is that the Fed will continue to raise interest rates longer than the market is expecting. And that will bring markets down some, you know, whether we've seen the lows, you know, I, I think that's hard to say. I could easily see us going lower than we were in September, but it really is just going to depend on what course we take when we start to see these eventual lows. But to answer your question, I don't know whether the lows are in and, and nobody really knows whether the lows are in. And people that are predicting that they are are guessing. People that are saying that they're not are also guessing. And we're just going to have to wait and see here. we got to make sure that we stick to our plan we got to have a plan, and we got to stick to the plan through uncertain times. Yeah, that is the key right there, is to have a plan that will get you through this environment and whatever is to come. We're talking with Randy and Jake here, Floyd Financial Group, and we're talking about current events on today's program, Show Me the Money. I understand as far as housing market goes, Jake, that the interest rates are a bit lower now, and in some markets, things are turning around a little bit. Explain that, if you would, please. Yeah, so because the expectations of the Fed not raising quite so much and quite to the magnitude that they were, where they were raising the 75 basis points every time for four straight meetings, the mid to long-term treasury market, the yields there have come down. So the interest rates coming down has brought down the 15 and 30-year mortgage rates from at the very high, it was about 7.4, and now I believe you can get yeah around 6.3, 6.4. And so that's spurred a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a rally necessarily, but a little bit of an uptick in sales because it's just pricing people back into the housing market a little bit, meaning they can borrow either more money or they can qualify for a loan that they couldn't qualify for before. So that kind of increases the buyer's pool temporarily here. Now, we're coming into the seasonally good time for the housing market here in the next two or three months. So where interest rates are when that happens is going to be very critical to what happens with the housing market and, you know, stock market and asset prices in general. 
So for those people listening to the program who own property or maybe they've got a large house that they want to downsize or maybe they want to buy another house, a smaller house, how do these interest rates play into that? Yeah, so again, based on those two scenarios that we talked about earlier as far as whether we kill inflation now or later is really going to determine the course that the housing market takes. However, if you are wanting to sell in the next 6 to 12 months or make that move in the next 6 to 12 months, now could be a pretty good time to do it. You have a little bit of a lull here. If the Fed does what they say they're going to do, which is take interest rates above 5, maybe, you know, there's a few Fed members even calling for 5 and a half, 5 and 3 quarters. That's going to take housing 30-year mortgages to probably close to 8. That will not be a comfortable time to do it. So if you're going to do it and you got to do it in the next 6 to 12 months, you know, this could be an okay time to do it. You can reasonably still get some money out of your house, but you may also reasonably be able to find something that you're looking for in another house. And again, no one knows what the future is going to be. I mean, there were so many predictions just even a month ago that said, well, the housing market's going to bottom out. I mean, it's going to collapse completely. But that is just not the case. As long as there are buyers and sellers and you can come to some sort of a reasonable transaction, I think everything is going to be okay. And as you pointed out, even a half percentage point, a half percentage point makes a big difference in people's confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does, Jeff. And here's what I would say about this, too. What we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of homes today purchased, and this is going to sound a little crazy, but we're seeing a lot of lot of homes today purchased by baby boomers mm-hmm. and paying cash for those homes. Hmm. They're not financing them. And then we have a lot of people migrating all over the country. People are migrating from the coasts coming to the Midwest. And when they come from the coast, we know that they come with a pocket full of money. And when they get to the Midwest, even though prices are elevated, they're not elevated like they were where they came from. So we're seeing a lot of that happen. That's probably propping up the housing market quite a little bit here. But that will soon come to an end. And there will be still a reckoning day here. I guess the good news is, I believe that on the other side of getting inflation killed, we're going to see lower interest rates again. So even Mm -hmm. if people buy today at 6 and 7% interest, which sounds crazy to me to even say, they probably will have an opportunity in the future to go ahead and refinance that. And it'll almost be like found money or found cash flow for them, if you will, as they do that. Yeah, well, I keep thinking about, you know, when you talk about 6 and 7% interest rates, I keep thinking about, you know, back in the day when you bought your first house, I bought my first house too. Interest rates were higher than that. Like we discussed in the program in the early 80s, 18% in Massachusetts, people were lining up to get that for a mortgage at 7%. That was unheard of. So that didn't stop us then. I don't know if it's going to stop us now, but I do think that we should consider that these interest rates of 3% were really just unbelievably low. And do you think we'll ever see anything like that again? I do think we'll see low interest rates again on housing. Uh, And I think we'll see them in general because again, on the other side of this, they're going to have to stimulate the economy again. The problem we have is, you know, when you have one of those old grandfather clocks and that pendulum swings left and it swings right, we'd like for it to go to the center and just stay there, right? But it never does. It always has to go back the other direction. And so this is just another cycle, if you will, that was exacerbated by the uh, pandemic or as some people call it, the plandemic. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group. We hope you're having a good Saturday morning listening to us here on Show Me the Money. If you like what you've heard from Randy and Jake and you want to get in and sit down, get their take on any of the things that we've talked about or your personal financial plan, you can do that by calling 417-889-7233 and requesting your no-cost, no-obligation, most importantly, no-judgment financial plan. Once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. This is an opportunity for you to come and sit down and get some expert advice from Randy and Jake. And again, it's not going to cost you anything. There is no obligation, most importantly, no judgment. So get 2023 off on a good start and get a plan that can weather any financial storm. Do it today. 417-889-7233 is the number to call or online request your plan at floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. We're going to take a real quick break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the pitfalls or the sometimes calamitous events that surround (laughs) do-it-yourself retirement. (laughs) That's right. Sometimes DIY turns into OMG. (laughs) Let's call in the experts here because I've made a mess of this. Anybody who's ever, you know, built a deck or done anything like that by themselves, they usually will discover that it takes twice as long and it doesn't come out half as well as it would if you hired the pros. But let's talk about this as it applies to financial planning. And I think, Randy and Jake, that a lot of people who do DIY investing are doing it because they think that they're going to save money. But again, we talk about that Dalbar study, which shows that on average, history has shown us that if you use a financial planner, that you're going to actually make more money, even when you consider the fees and if you do it yourself. So let's start off with DIY investing and why it may or may not be a good idea. First one is that if I'm investing my own money, it's sort of like I'm a doctor operating on a family member. It's going to be really hard to keep my emotions out of it. Yeah, I would agree that that's true. I'm not sure that I would want to uh, perform surgery on Jake, (laughs) and I'm probably pretty sure that Jake would... I don't know if he won't be to perform it or not. (laughs) But, you know, I kind of look at it this way, too. You know, if you're going to do anything you've never done before, would you like to have somebody beside you that has done it once, twice, a hundred times, a thousand times? I mean, you know, because there's going to be a lot of nuances that you just aren't going to be able to... It goes back to that old thing, you know, you don't know what it is that you don't know, right? Unless you want to sit back and go to school for a couple of years, three years, and really try to learn all this stuff. And people say, well, I can learn all that stuff online in just a couple of moments. Well, you can get information, but the problem with information is you have to know how to apply that right? and how it, how it really all plays into the overall financial plan. So you're right. One of the biggest things, though... Jeff, is that people get pretty emotional about money and finance. And some of the studies that we have read say, you know, that generally speaking, and and the women will know this, that women are more concerned about it because they're more in the know, in the now, right now, than the man who's kind of just out there, you know, I don't know, he's playing golf in his mind while he's working. I don't know what, but anyway, whatever it is, we know that women are more attuned to it. And women just tend to really look more to the security side of things than men. So when they get into areas that they don't know, like, you know, maybe they're driving down the road and this 
this is before, of course, Google Maps, mm-hmm. and we didn't know where we were going, they would say, why don't we stop over here and ask some of these people where this place is? Sure. And we'd say, oh, no, 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 no. It's I'm just right down lost. here. <laughs> I know where I'm going. You end up at the Grand so, Canyon. You know, yeah. yeah. So I guess the thing is that experience means a lot. You know, and we have people come in and they ask us all kinds of questions from, you know, when should I take Social Security to how much risk should I be taking with my retirement portfolio? And how do I know what's risky and what's not? And how do I know when risk quotients have changed? And, you know, like we've seen this in the last few years where the bond market was tremendously good for 40 years. And then all of a sudden it wasn't any good. And now, well, with the rising interest rates, it's a little bit better and maybe has some legs for the future. But again, this is always a continual process. And what we don't want to be is, you know, maybe too impulsive or maybe even too slow to act in some cases. So, you know, when you get the emotions involved, I mean, all of a sudden you really cannot think clearly. It's kind of like when I was running yesterday. I was running down the road and I'd had a long bike ride over the weekend and I was a little bit sore and I'm I'm starting to run. And in the beginning, I'm like, you know, this kind of hurts. I'm yeah. not really enjoying this very much. And my mind says, well, you know, you can always just stop. And I thought, no, I'm not going to stop. You know, I'm going to go. <laughs> but I had to fight with myself sure. all the way through that run. And so what we don't want to do is put people in a position to where if we're always fighting with ourselves internally, we don't want to feel that way during retirement. We want to be able to relax and enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, stress levels, when they're high, people tend to make mistakes. And it's really hard to keep emotions out of investing when it's your money that we're talking about. And we're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd here of Floyd Financial Group about DIY investing, why it may or may not be a good idea for you. The other thing, Randy, is it occurs to me that if you work, you know, 8, 10, 11, 12 hours a day, some people do that when you come home. You know, you just don't want to sit around for another four or five hours doing this sort of work. Investing and doing it properly does take a certain amount of time, doesn't it? It does. And I think, Jeff, the part that we maybe have left out here is the magnitude of the consequences when you get your retirement wrong versus Mm -hmm. fixing the pipe under your sink there's a major difference, whereas one can just cost you a little, a little extra money, a little extra time, but you cannot afford to have to go back and do your whole retirement again. And so you don't want to be learning on the job, you know, with your only shot. Yeah, and there are a lot of products and services that you cannot take advantage of if you're a DIYer. I mean, there are annuities, there are a lot of other products. And correct me if I'm wrong, that the average person cannot buy simply because there's a middleman there. It's sort of like buying a car. I mean, I can't call General Motors or Ford or Chrysler and say, I want to buy a car. They're, they're saying, well, you got to go through one of our dealers. It's the same way with financial products, right? Yeah, depending on the financial product, there are some go-betweens and a little bit of limited access. It, it's less about the access. It's more just these companies don't want to have to field 100,000 different people's phone calls, right? So there's a structure in place where the, the agent or whoever can kind of help field questions and withdrawal requests and things like that. So it's not like they're trying to keep you from getting it. It's just kind of the nature of the business. Randy, you had a pretty interesting story about a man who retired and he decided that he was going to take his uh, motor home and he was going to do a little investing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember this guy. He was nice enough guy and loved his wife. I mean, they were great folks and they had worked really hard and had good careers and had saved lots of money. And they were, you know, really pretty well to do. And he had bought this motorhome. I think he'd given like $250,000 for it. Mm-hmm. And this has been a few years ago. 
and he was telling me all about it, and it was really sounding great. And he said, and I got my satellite dish. So this tells you it's been probably a decade ago. Right. He said, I got my satellite dish up on the side here too. He said, so now I'm wired for sound. He said, I can pull up my computer and you know trade stocks and do all that stuff anytime that I want to. And so I'm looking at his wife, and she looks over at him. She looks at me, and she says, then I'm not going. <laughs> That's what she said. So, you know, she did not really want to sit around and watch her husband yeah. uh, watch the news and try to play the stock market while they were in retirement. So, you know, the time factor is a major piece of this. And, and let's face it, I mean, when I think of retirement, you know, I don't think of having to be able to have my finger on the pulse of day-to-day business. That's right. why I retired, right? That's right. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, when you're visiting the grandchildren, maybe you're out on the golf course, you're taking a hike, or you're taking a vacation. You want to enjoy yourself. You don't want to have to have your, you know, finger on the phone trying to figure out what the markets are doing and then stressing because you've lost a little money. So that is a very good point. A lot of DIYers, as I pointed out earlier, think that it's going to be less expensive for them to do it themselves. And that's their main motivation is that they think they're going to save a lot of money. But when you really look at it, the difference in money that you make make with a professional helping you versus what you save, you're really not going to be saving that much, if any at all. Yeah, most of the studies will show that, you know, the do-it-yourself investor is going to make quite a lot less money. And the Dow Bar study is one that's been out there for years, shows institutional investors and money managers around the 11% mark and individuals around three. I don't know if it's quite that drastic today, but it's still a substantial piece. And I always tell people too, you know, basically we're going to earn 1% or less per year on the money that you bring to us to invest for you. And if at any time you feel like we're not worth it, you should go ahead and fire us. Mm -hmm. And we don't get fired very often from people that hire us. And a lot of that is to do with the fact that they know we're watching. They know that we have their back. They know that there's a plan in place. And they also know that they got somebody to talk to about it and say, hey, what is really going on? Because as you and I both know, we can 100% trust the news, right? <laughs> yeah, I got to laugh about that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, so if you listen for five minutes, one guy will say it's this way, and then yeah. five more minutes, the other guy will say it's that way. And we know that the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And so, you know, part of our job here today is to parse through all the junk that comes down the pike from whatever source it is and really try to apply it with the financial metrics that are out there and the things that we've learned over time to really determine, um, is this real? Is this a knee-jerk reaction? And how does this affect interest rates? And how does interest rates affect the stock market? And is it high enough now in the interest rate category to where the market's going to suffer because people can go get 5 5.5% on their money in fixed income versus where they had to take risk that they didn't want to take over the last few years to make returns because they couldn't make any in fixed and it just it's just like that. I mean, it's just on and on and on. And that's why we're here. And that's why we have jobs here at Floyd Financial Group to help people navigate that. And you have spent, I'm sure, 30 years or so learning this business and you didn't know everything that you know today in the very beginning. And I would think that it is the very same thing when you're DIY financial planning is that when you first start out, you don't know everything. And even after you've been at it for a while, you still don't know everything. Do you think that DIYers have a large incidence of just missing opportunities? I think that that is the case in some cases, yes. I think that there's rules, regulations, thought processes, questions that need to be answered. You know, just thinking about, uh, like in today's terms, do I pay off my house with IRA money? Right. Some people would say, 
I just don't want any debt. I'm just getting rid of all my debt. I don't care what it costs. I'm just getting rid of all my debt. So maybe they'll pay off $150,000, $200,000 of a, of a mortgage when they get ready to retire with IRA money that now costs them 30% more or maybe 35% more. And then maybe they had a really low interest rate like most people out there today that have had houses for a number of years. They're 25 3.5%. Sometimes the convenience of not having the payment and I realize that for some people, it's just the security of having the house paid off. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, except for the fact that, you know, maybe you can use that money to a better option. Maybe you can put it in, a, in a, like today, in a fixed income bucket of maybe three and a half, four percent you know, while you're only paying 2 or 3%. So now you have the money and you have the ability to pay off your house at any time. You have both uh, those things working to your advantage versus when you put the money in the house, it doesn't pay you anything. You, know, you have your house, you own that but it doesn't pay you anything back on a potential investment. Also, sometimes when it comes to buying cars and making financial decisions, how we look at paying off maybe a small debt that's costing us 20% interest, sometimes people say, well, yeah, I just don't want to take that money and pay that off. Sometimes that might be the very best thing you can do. So these are all thought processes and things that we use in here every day to help people navigate and make the best with their money. And also taxation is such a very important part of a financial plan too. And I can't imagine imagine anyone as a DIYer understanding the tax code or having the experience that it takes to really minimize taxes the way that they need to be. So I think the consensus here is that DIYing may not be the best idea for a lot of people. If you think that you can handle an income plan and investments to support your income plan and taxes, health care, estate plan, all that sort of thing, have at it, but I don't think it is the best idea. I think the best idea right now is for you to call Floyd Financial Group and uh, sit down, talk with Randy and Jake about your individual situation and get your no cost, no obligation, no judgment financial plan. As I said, it's not going to cost you a dime. It's just a chance for you to visit with Randy and Jake for you to get to know them, them to get to know you and see if they can't come up with a plan that'll get you not only surviving retirement, but also thriving in retirement. Once again, to get your plan, 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary no-cost plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money when our show continues here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to talk about what are some of the key reasons that people may run out of money. And Randy, that is one of the biggest fears that people have is running out of money in retirement. Imagine that. You have worked all of these years. You've gotten to your golden years. And all of a sudden, you look in your bank account and it is empty. The only thing you have is Social Security and you can't live on Social Security. It really can create quite a panic. So how do we prevent that from happening? Well, it's understanding the signs that you're going to run out of money. What do you think is the first sign or what do you think is the first thing that we can do to prevent that from happening? Well, number one, Jeff, as we have talked about on this show many times before, the first thing we have to have is we have to have a plan, right? Right. So I have had several situations over the years where people, for probably first and foremost, did not understand how much money they could withdraw from their accounts. And so they would come in, they would sit down with us, and they've been with other advisors, or maybe they weren't even retired yet, but many times they were with other uh, advisors, and they really hadn't sought out really well-thought-out distribution plans. And so they just spent money like they wanted to, and many times the advisor would say, hey, you know, you might want to slow down here a little bit, and they just weren't willing to listen. 
And so what ended up happening is they came into us after they were down 50% in their accounts. And they said, hey, you know, can you help us fix this? And I'm like, uh, we might have been able it to may be too fix late. it a few hundred thousand ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and also, you know, they, they have retirement accounts and all these years they've been putting money in tax deferred. Now they get into retirement and all of a sudden they're drawing money out of there and they go, oh, you know, I thought they were withholding taxes out of there. Now mm. I owe, I, t- I took out 150000 but now I owe 40000 in taxes. Uh, what am I going to do about that? So then when I take out the 40000 to pay the tax bill, I have to take out sixty. Right, yeah, to make right. sure I don't put myself in a hole again. So that creates a few thousand more. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, that you don't want to get behind the eight ball on that, and you need to understand withdrawals and how they work. And so when we engineer plans for people, one of the things that comes up all the time, what is the appropriate amount to withdraw from my retirement plan? Well, you know, there's the 4% rule out there that when interest rates were ultra low, there were people saying, well, you know, that rate may be 3% now. I will tell you that, you know, it ranges probably probably for most people between that four and five percent range is where we like to see people set up and we can plan sufficiently around that to make sure that people do not run out of money and I'll tell you when we uh, run retirement plans you know we're going to run them out there to age 90 or 95 and the reason is you know we don't know people say well I'm not going to live that long well that's what the 95-year-old said to me last yeah, week. I didn't right. think I'd live this long. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I find quite often that clients, while they know technically that they could live to 90 or 95, most of them, their mental image of how long they're going to live is more like 75 to right. 85. Right. And obviously, if you retire at 65 and you're only living to 85, then, you know, you can withdraw a whole lot more money. But the problem is, what if you're wrong? You know, what if you live to be 95? I mean, you know, Jeff, we were talking off the air about your aunt, I think it is. Yeah, exactly. She's currently 105. She's 105. and let me just tell you, if you're withdrawing too much money, even a five, five and a half percent withdrawal rate, if you live to 105, you know, and you have a conservative outlook, it's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult to make that money last that long. That's part of the plan, right? Is we have to understand who you are, you know, when you're retiring. If you retire at 55 versus 65, I obviously have to make that money last a lot longer. And so all these little nuances play into the plan. And that's why Randy says the first thing you got to do is make sure you have a plan. Let's think about all the things that you've never thought about. And let's take all that into account and develop a plan that is going to ensure and help be sure that you're not going to run out of money. Yeah. When my Aunt Frida was 50 years old, had I asked her, how long do you think you'll live, Aunt Frida? She would have probably said, oh, I don't know, 75, 80 years old. And here she is now 105. And it looks like she's going to, you know, make it to 106, 107, 108 years old. So definitely longevity risk is something that you really can fall prey to if you do not have a good financial plan. We're talking about keys that might indicate that you'll run out of money in retirement. Another one, Randy, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, and Jake chime in here too, is just long-term care expenses. People really, I think, don't know how much it is or they choose to stick their head in the sand and say, well, it'll never happen to me. Yeah, that's true. You know, Jeff, we have a division of the company here called Elder Care Advisors that what they do basically is help people to navigate long-term care when it happens to them or their loved ones, right? And so we've been doing that. Uh, that company's been around for about 16 years. Uh, we've been doing Medicaid planning and long-term care planning that long. And so we have seen, I mean, really the good, the bad, and the ugly of that whole thing and what happens to people. And so, yeah, not talking about 
about that and having that conversation and not realizing what could happen is definitely problematic. In fact, I would say that of all the things that can derail a long-term retirement plan, that is certainly the biggest one out there. Even market risk isn't quite as bad as that. You can go stupid, obviously, out there and, and invest in fledgling companies and go crazy. Maybe invest in currency that you know you haven't ever done before and things like that and lose a boatload of money. But I'm saying for most people, that is going to be one of the biggest risks out there. So having a plan to address that. And you know, one of the things that we've seen over the years is long-term care insurance policies, the way they used to work and the way they still do, but the way that I would say that is more yesterday than current times today is, you know, you would pick a daily benefit that you would want to be paid in case you cannot perform certain activities of daily living, like bathing yourself, dressing yourself, you know, feeding yourself, medicating, uh, moving in and out of bed and out of chairs. And, you know, if you got a screw loose upstairs, that alone can trigger the benefit, right? Yeah, sure. But we, we used to buy those things and we would just buy a daily benefit. And then we'd buy an inflation protector that each year would tick up a little bit with, to try to keep pace with the cost of care. And really what happened over years is people bought those things. They held on to them. The prices got really high, and people said, you know what? About the time they need it, they're done. And maybe they've spent $30,000, $60,000 in premiums over 20 years. And then all of a sudden, they need it, and they just couldn't take the pain anymore. And so they, you know, there they were. They were hung. So basically, one of the things we look at today is we look at what type of assets do you have? Do you have more than just your home? Do you have a farm? Do you have multiple houses? Do you have rental property? Uh, and then we have different types of long-term care. And one of the things that I like, uh, or insurance, I should say, long-term care insurance, that uh, one of the things I like is something that does not change. Meaning, once I put it in place, I know what I'm going to get, and I know how it's going to work, and I know it's not going to change. And also, you know, those people that spent all that money all those years before they quit paying, how much of that money do they get back? Well, they don't get back any of it without going to a nursing home. Today, there are non-forfeiture laws that say, hey, if you paid in $50,000, we are going to give you that 50000 back, but only if you need care. So that money could just be totally lost. So we have plans today that don't change. And also, if you don't use the coverage or the policy, it goes to your beneficiaries, which we like better. And again, the key thing is it doesn't change, but it's there to protect you in case you need it. We're talking about red flags that would indicate that you're running out of money in retirement. And we've talked about having a plan, a general plan, also taxes, healthcare expenses, and withdrawal rates. Another one that I find is a key that will indicate that you might run out of money is a lot of people listening to the program, they've got children, they've got grandchildren, and they just want to spoil them. They spend too much money on the kids. Have you found that many times that can be a detriment to you continuing to live in retirement? I think a lot of times the reason people want to spend too big a percentage, like we talked about at the beginning, is because of those things where they want to spoil the grandkids and they want to help the kids where they can and that kind of thing. I think that's very admirable, and I think that that's probably 80%, 90% of the people we sit with. That's a major portion of what they want to do in retirement, not necessarily spoil them, but spend time with them. You know, spending time with them, though, equals spending money with them. Right. you know, sometimes we want to be like, well, all we need in life is love, right? 
but love does cost money in a lot of cases and uh you know not not to be insensitive about it but right right um but i do think that that is a major portion of what people want to be able to spend discretionary income on yeah i mean you give the kids a choice of we can go and fish off the bank down here in the river or we can go to disneyland or you know we can buy new video games or something they're not going to fish off the bank of the river most times so yeah spending too much money on the kids and the grandkids is another reason why you might run out of money another thing is that you just don't consider fees with a lot of these transactions that you do there are fees that come with them and a lot of people don't realize what they may be that's true jeff one of the things that we always look at here when people come in we want to see how they're invested what they've been doing and kind of what their fees have been so there's a lot of studies and a lot of uh well there's a company called personal capital that likes to go out and tally up the fees for all of these different companies and I will tell you that most of those are north of 2%. You mm-hmm. know, while here at Floyd Financial Group, we're generally half that or less. And all in, if you look at it, it's really, it is a big deal. Over the long haul, that extra 1% or whatever it is, a fee can amount to a whole lot of money. I think the other thing that happens to people is uh, when they when they first are getting ready to retire, they don't really equate the fact that they're entering a different time of life. Over their lifetime, we talk about, you know, the accumulation years or ages are about 20 to 55. And after 55, people need to start thinking about, okay, how should I be invested? Am I invested too conservatively? If people are invested too conservatively, and we have seen some of this to where people really, uh, you know, in 2002, we had the dot-com bubble and the market was way down. Then it rallied back a little bit through 2007. Then we had seven, eight, nine, you know, with the great financial crisis that we had there. Market was down around 53%. Then it rallied back and here we are again, you know, fighting the pandemic and fighting the, the inflation factors and everything here. So a lot of people have gotten really, really, really conservative and they're still having to spend money and they're going to have to figure out a way to generate some money. So by being too conservative, you can short circuit yourself, number one, on the way through your accumulation years trying to get to retirement. But secondly, uh, in retirement, you still got to make some money on your money if you're going to spend it. And especially if you want to share a lot with your family and things and travel and do that sort of thing. You cannot be too conservative. Now, on the other side of that, we cannot be too risky either. So we can't be, you know, like the people that were invested heavily in stocks in the NASDAQ after we had the pandemic and all those, uh, the Zooms of the world and the Amazons and and uh, many of those companies that were dot-com type companies, they have really, really rallied up there. I think Zoom was 560 bucks a share at one point, and today it's like 70. So those people really, really, really did well for a while, but then all of a sudden, you know, they're not doing so well now. So taking too much risk is just as bad as being maybe too conservative. So we need to find that middle ground and find where each person is to make sure that they never once can generate some money with their income. So we need growth. We need some safety on that money to make sure that we don't go down too much during a market downturn. We also need adequate liquidity to fund whatever it is we might need to fund along the way. So, uh, you know, being too risky or too conservative is uh, neither one of those is too good. We got to find the sweet spot, if you will, that middle ground for each and every client that comes through our door. We're talking about key reasons that you might run out of money in retirement. And I'm going to throw this one in. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but 
but it is taking on new debt. Now, my sister and brother-in-law not listening to this program, but, you know, they're 74 and 76, and my sister's talking about getting, a, you know, a new uh, big pickup truck for, you know, moving things around the house and so forth and so on. And I had a talk with her yesterday. I said, you really think at 74 you're going to want to spend the money that a big pickup truck is and you're going to be hauling trees and that sort of thing? So I think she's thinking about it a little bit more. And we all know that those pickup trucks, those nice pickup trucks that you look at today, sixty, seventy thousand dollars So be careful if you take on new debt. If you're worried about running out of money in retirement and you're looking for a plan that will prevent that, you want to maybe toss some ideas at Randy and Jake and have them toss some back to you, call 417-889-7233. Get in and get your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial plan with Randy and Jake. That's right. It's not going to cost you anything at all. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Do it today. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Randy and Jake, and this is Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to talk about, and this is kind of something we hear every day here, Jeff, is, okay, so where are we? What's going on out there? And what are the prospects? And where am I? And what should I be doing? Yeah, and one of the biggest questions I think that we get in the initial conversations is, Randy and Jake, am I going to be okay? Am I okay? So let's talk about that a little bit. And the first question that usually comes up is, okay, here's where I am. Am I where I need to be at this point in my retirement journey? Am I a little bit behind? Am I a little bit ahead? If I'm behind, what can I do? What is your response when people ask that question? What can I do to catch up or am I where I need to be? So, Jeff, I think it's important that we kind of go a little further, maybe one step further back than that. And that is that when people come in to sit down with us and they say, hey, am I okay? Well, that's a football <laughs> question. Now, let me tell you, I mean, that thing can go anywhere. So what we have to do is we have to kind of sit down with people and say, okay, let's look at your current income. Let's look at what you're spending. Let's look at what you've been saving. Let's talk about what is your idea of retirement? What does that mean to you? You know, for some people, like I'll give you an example. You know, we had a couple that retired right at the first of the year. And you know what they did? They got an RV and they're gone for six months, Mm. period. They just got in their pickup, hooked up their fifth wheel trailer and drove and they're not coming home for six months. So we set up their income stream, got them going just like they wanted to be, you know, sent them along with some cash. And they know that they've kind of got a lifeline back to us here that says, hey, if we need some extra stuff, if we break down beside the road, we can get money to their bank account, whatever it is we need to do. So for some people, that's what retirement's about. For other people, I had a guy sitting here the other day and he said, you know, I just want to go home, sit on the back porch, drink coffee and watch the grass and my cows grow. Yeah. You know, is what, he, what he said he wanted to do. Then we have other people that will say, you know what? I want to volunteer and help people. I want to make a difference in the world, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what it is. And there's a combination of that probably for most people out there, all of the above, right? So I don't know what it is, but that's probably the first thing we have to determine because that's going to determine how we have to structure retirement plans and what that plan needs to be able to carry financially down the road for those people. So when people come in and say, hey, what do I need to do? The first thing we say is, well, let's find out where we are and let's find out what you really want. And then we will go about engineering a plan 
and from there. And, you know, the world is still kind of in a shambles. You know, we're looking around here and people are saying, you know, what's next? I mean, is Putin going to blow up the world? Uh, is Joe Biden going to spend us into oblivion? Is Joe Biden going to forget about the world? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's actually happening here? Yeah. What's up with these interest rates? And why are they doing this? And do we really have to kill the economy to fix it? And how does that make any sense? And mm-hmm. what's up with, you know, the stock market? Why is it always down? And what's up with unemployment? Why is it we can't find anybody to work? And, you know, there's all of these things that are on people's mind. And part of our job here is to kind of help people assimilate the picture and say, okay, here's what this means and here's how this works and kind of help kind of bring that into focus for them. I think that's first and foremost, you know, we want to sit down and and just kind of talk to people, get to know them and what's important to them and then help them navigate those things that they're fearful or unsure of. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about my Aunt Frida there, who's 105 years old. And one of the reasons why she has thrived all these years is that she has always been a very positive person. She's never really looked at the world and said, boy, this is this is a terrible place to be. I mean, when you look back at someone like her who has experienced a lot of things in her life all the way back to the Depression, you know, they said, well, this is the end of the world. It's never going to get any worse than than this. Boy, woe is us. Uh, the world's going to end next week when, you know, when you come to the world wars, we've had one and two and you come to any number number of things, the pandemics that we've had in this country, it all has been negative. But I think if you look on the bright side, if you try to find the positive in things, you will eventually meet those positive times. And I think the same thing goes with your thinking about retirement. Don't think about the negatives, but look for ways that you can make it better. And I think that also you hit the nail on the head there about what you want to do in retirement. A lot of people just think about the dollars and cents, but it really is the lifestyle that you expect to have in retirement. Do you find that people, when they come in, do most of the time, do they have a very clear idea of what they want to do in retirement or is it just take it as it comes? You know, I would say probably 10% of the people that come in have a very clear idea of what they want to do when they come in. I think most people are like, I've never really thought I would make it to this point. You know, I'd say more often than not, that's what we get. And they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that sometimes shows itself in the form of reluctance to retire because you right. know, who, what they do is who they are. <clears throat> I think, Jeff, what we find the most is that if you are concerned about running out of money, and you're concerned that you don't you haven't saved enough money or that you're spending too much money chances are you're fine it's the people that are not worried about how much they're spending or how much they've saved mm. that are usually the people spending too much and don't have enough money saved. For the most part, if we have conservative-minded people that come in and are concerned that they're going to run out of money, uh, a lot of times those people have saved lots of money and are not really wanting to take egregious amounts of withdrawals. And so I think if you're sitting listening to this and you're worried that you're going to run out of money, after you come in for a consultation and see us, you might find that you're actually right where you need to be. Right. And I think that's the case maybe even more often than not. Again, because we, we have a conservative mindset and we attract conservative types of people, they're concerned about these things. And because they've been concerned about them for the last 20, 30, 40 years, they now don't have to be concerned. Yeah, that is a very good point. I mean, if you're concerned that you're going to be running out of money, you've got the right mindset. It's those people who just, you know, go off spending willy-nilly and they have no plan for the future. Those are the people who are going to get themselves in trouble. We're talking with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about your retirement picture and how you're going to get there. And if things are not working out the way that you might think that they're going to work out, there are ways that we can change that. 
And Randy and Jake, oftentimes you are the bearers of good news. People who think they don't have enough money when they sit down and talk to you, they indeed do have enough money to retire. So that's something to consider, too. If you're looking for some good news, come in and sit down and talk with Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group and get your financial plan because they very well may have some very confident news for you. If people are not in the position that they want to be, is there a point in retirement where you just can't make it any better or can you always make it better? We can generally always make it better, Jeff. I mean, we can give people clarity. We can show them maybe investment opportunities, savings opportunities, and tax deferral options that they maybe didn't know that they had. We can at least tell you how to catch up. If you're behind, we can tell you, hey, you know, here's what you need. Let's look at your budget, what you're going to need to spend. And based on this budget and where you're at, how old you are, those types of things, here's roughly how much money you need to be able to pull off of. And so we can give you the roadmap. Whether you choose to follow the roadmap is 100% up to you. But we can help give you the roadmap so that you know what needs to be done in order to get you to where you want to be. I saw a story online yesterday that said, I'm 60 years old. I have nothing saved for retirement. Is it too late? Is it ever too late, even if you're 60 years of age, to put away money for retirement or save for retirement? You know, I don't think it's ever too late. Uh, what I would say is if that person's hoping to retire at 62, right. that may or may not happen. You know, retirement in and of itself is a relatively new concept. Mm-hmm. Probably since maybe the 40s or 50s, this idea of retirement is kind of a new thing. People used to just work, and then they kept working, and one day they passed away. You know? Right. And so I think there's people that are like, well, if I don't have the uh, the American white picket fence retire at 64, 65 thing, that, that that's somehow a failure. Some of it just depends on what's important to you, you know? And maybe you don't hate your job. Maybe, you know, a lot of people don't, don't like their job, but some people love their job. Mm -hmm. And they can't imagine living a day without working that job. And maybe if you are behind to that extent, maybe you need to find a job, which by the way, it's a great time to find a job if you're looking for a a career change or whatever. Mm -hmm. You may just need to find a job that you don't mind working as much as the one you're currently at while you're saving the rest of the way for retirement. But I want to throw this out there too. I know that there are people out there listening to us right now that are sitting there and they are at a point in life with their work to where they are sick and tired Absolutely. of yeah. being sick and tired. Right. And what they don't know is they don't know the answers as to whether or not they can retire and make it work. If that is you, call us today, 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. We'd love to sit down and talk to you and show you what your options are. And I will tell you that most times... People that have worked that long and they're at that point, they have more options than they think they have. So give us a holler. And if you don't want to call us, you know, go out online, look at the website. You can request a meeting there at floydfinancialgroup.com. We'd love to sit and talk to you and talk about your future and how bright it can be. Yeah, that's exactly right. 417-889-7233. Can I retire? What's my retirement going to look like? And as I said, many times you are the bearer of very good news. Listen, folks, it's January. You've got about 11 and a half months left for this year. Why not make it the best year 
ever for you and get yourself on a great path for retirement. Look, Randy and Jake have walked this walk before. They've talked this talk a lot. I mean, they are financial Sherpas. They have walked up the mountain of retirement and stayed by their retirees every step of the way. They'll do the same thing with you. Again, there is no cost for this consultation. There is no judgment for this consultation. Why wouldn't you call 417-889-7233 and get your complimentary no cost, no obligation, no judgment financial plan? I repeat that number again, 417-889-7233. And as Randy said, you can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com, floydfinancialgroup.com. They're just very nice people who want to help you with your money and your retirement. Gentlemen, out of time for this week. I want to thank you so much for your time. But most of all, I want to thank our listeners for joining us on this Saturday morning. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.